wannabe survivors. Um, I heard of this fellow. He said, uh, as a child, I had a medical condition where I literally had to eat dirt three times a day to survive. You know, lucky thing my older brother told me all about it. Another fellow said, I, I read a book on how to survive falling down a staircase. It was a step-by-step guide. Yeah. Not, these aren't extra. I'm just letting you know. As, as a soldier survived mustard gas in a battle. And uh, then afterwards, he got out of the military. He, had, uh, he survived being pepper sprayed by the police. So now he's a seasoned veteran. The... Um, Most women present here tonight will be survivors. Life expectancy for wives on average in America is 81.2 years. Husbands on average is 76.4. That difference is 4.8 years on average that a woman will spend alone. That's the average. Obviously, there are women who spent 30, 40 years alone. And there are men who spent 30, 40 years alone. So there's exceptions to all rules. Naomi and Ruth were tough women survivors. What did they survive? Well, let's see. They survived a famine that was so bad that it drove them out of their own country. A famine so bad that it killed others involved in that. They, involved, they survived sickness of those that they loved dearly that killed others. They survived the loss of their beloved. And they survived a dangerous trip. I don't know how they did that because uh, even though it wasn't a terrible distance from Moab back to Bethlehem, women didn't travel alone in that day. Still not a good idea, by the way. Uh, traveling alone. So my guess is that they weren't the only ones heard that there was bread back in Israel and they hooked up with some people and walked with them. But they survived with their faith still intact and they were surviving literally with little or no income. Now remember, the income generators were men in those days. So they really had nothing. They had no land. They literally had no one to defend them and Still, they were on their feet. I want to look at four truths for what I would call discouraged, even bitter women who were survivors. Okay? That's what we're going to look at. Number one, though they were discouraged, and and I have to put it in this framework, and this may offend you, but this is the way Naomi put it, and the scriptures don't correct her. Uh, Though discouraged by the Lord's bitterness... Someone still tried to do something. These women were discouraged and they were hurting. Ruth 1 verses 19 through 22 says this. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? You know how ladies are greeting each other that they haven't seen in a long time. But she said to them, and I'm assuming they had changed a good bit. It had been 10, 20 years maybe, at least 10 years since they'd left. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, 
or bitterness, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So literally these women were discouraged. They were hungry. They weren't just hurting from the loss of their family. They were hungry. These women were desperate and hungry. Uh, Ruth 1 and 2, it says this, There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. We're going to hear more about him later. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor, whoever's out there. And she said, Go, my daughter. These women survived to a large degree because even though they were discouraged and they were somewhat bitter, they were still trying. Someone has to try to do something. And, and I think that's what amazes me about the re- resilience of women. It's when it just looks darkest sometimes, they'll get up and do something. Have you noticed that? They'll just get up and start, I don't know, washing the dishes, washing clothes, raking the yard. It just, they get up and work. And so someone tried. And that was, in this case, it was Ruth. I'm guessing at this point, Naomi was just about beyond the ability to get out and do a whole lot. And so Ruth goes and tries to do something. They were hungry. The second truth I want you to see is though they were discouraged by the Lord's bitterness, because that's the way she frames it, something still happened. Look at verse 3. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field, this is around Bethlehem, after the reapers. That means they reaped the field, and as you recall, the law prevented them from reaping the corners But they also weren't to go back over the field after they'd reaped it. So that was for people who were poor so that they could get the little bits that might fall. And that's what she's doing here. And she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. To glean before the reapers was called stealing. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Now, if you're not careful, you missed a word. And she happened. She's just lucky. And she happened. She just happened. Folks, listen to me. There's a lot of things in life that just happen. Don't underestimate when things just happen. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. What a connection. Who was of the family of Elimelech. So... That's her family. Romans 8, 28. It still says that some things work together for good. All things. things. Even when things just happen. Even when things just happen. So women survivors were discouraged by the bitterness and still something happened. Even when they were discouraged and bitter. That they felt the Lord had been bitter toward them. The Lord didn't turn his back. Something happened. I love that. Thirdly, 
Don't you look at, though, discouraged by the Lord's bitterness, someone noticed what was happening. Ruth was noticed for her uniqueness. She truly was a unique lady. Ruth 2, verses 4 through 6. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Now, that's just how they treated each other. So they're very respectful and obviously believers. Verse 5. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? Now, I'm just saying, and I ain't going to say much about this, but guys notice girls. I don't know if girls notice guys. I don't know why they would, but guys notice girls, okay? They're noticed. Sorry. Uh, If you think more of us than that, you're wrong. Verse 6. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is the young Moabite. Now, how did he know? Because guys notice girls and ask questions. Okay? He'd already done that. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who, went, uh, who came back when they owned me from Moab. Now, listen what he knows particularly. He noticed her, but he notices her uniqueness. She's not an Israeli. She's not a Jew. He already has the information on her. He knows she's not one of them. He's paid attention. And so now Boaz knows. So she was unique. Second thing is Ruth was noticed for her industriousness. Look at verse 7. Now this is what the, the guy that's been working in the field says. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she asked permission to do what was legally right for her to do. But she still asked permission. I like that, don't you? I like it when people ask permission to do what they have the right to do. That's called respect, isn't it? It's a good thing to do. A lot of people don't believe in that anymore, but I still think that's a good thing to do. So she came and has continued from morning until now. But this is the part I really like he noticed. So you notice that she started this morning, and she's still working this afternoon. But look what he says. Though she rested a little in the house. So she had worked really hard. Because she rested a little in the house. Now, she didn't have anything to eat. She couldn't take that grain, quickly fix it. You can eat it, but it's not really very nice to eat grain straight out of the field. You're going to get a stomachache if you've ever seen one. Just sit and eat a bunch of grain out of the field if that's all you're doing. Now, maybe a handful, it's like eating green apples. You eat one, I wouldn't recommend eating about five or six. You're going to regret that. So you don't normally eat grain straight out. So, But she said she'd rested a little while in the house. So she was noticed for her industriousness. Next thing is Ruth was noticed for her faithfulness. Look at verses two, verse 8 through 12. Then Boaz said to Ruth, uh, you will listen, my daughter. So now he's walked over there. He recognizes she's a lot younger than him too, by the way. You will listen, my daughter. Will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young men. He's trying to protect her. It, remember, it wasn't safe to travel. It wasn't even safe to go out in a field in that day by yourself. Verse 9, let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. So keep, keep aware, you know, they're probably going to get ahead of you. 
but try to stay in the field where they're at. That's pretty smart advice. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? So now, listen to that, ladies. Even then, a good man, with good men working for him, sometimes needs to be told, be good. Okay? Be good. And so don't be surprised. I'm not trying to say anything ever happens here, but don't be surprised even if a church guy isn't good. Sometimes that happens. It doesn't mean everybody at church is a bad man. Okay? Don't decide to quit going to church because a bad man did something at church. Okay? That does happen. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So, giving you right to have something to drink. It is a hot time of the year. About like it is here. A little bit cooler than here, but only maybe five degrees cooler. Verse 10. So, she fell on her face bowed down to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? I'm a nobody. Why do you even care? And Boaz, this last two verses, I really want you to notice verse 11 and 12. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me. Now, this isn't the servant guy because he didn't tell all this stuff. He's already knows the stuff on this girl. It's hit town. Little town like that, they didn't have newspaper, but they had, you know, a few people that would talk. It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and then have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work. She had been a hard worker. This was not new. She didn't just start to work hard, but she had been taking care of her all along. And a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Wow. That's a real, it had been noticed what kind of character she was. She was faithful to the Lord and she knew who the Lord was. She believed in the Lord. She's trying to serve the Lord and all of that had been noticed. Ruth was also noticed for her gratefulness. Ruth chapter 2 verses 13 through 16 says, Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. So she's even calling him respectful title, my Lord. Because he was above her in power. For you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. I'm not one of your people, and yet you've done that. Verse 14, now Boaz said to her at mealtime. This is neat. So I guess this is lunch. Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. Nothing like vinegar, folks. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her. So it's better when it's cooked, right? And she ate and was satisfied. Here's a really neat thing. And kept some back. That's real important. That wasn't for her for later when she got hungry. We'll get to that. Verse 15. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. If she gets up a little too close, just let her go ahead. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. 
Just let it drop. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. This is a woman who had just shown how grateful she was for the little he had done. And look what he does. He does more. Now, folks, I I don't know everybody, but I want to tell you what I've learned a little bit in life. If you act thankful for what you do get, people are more likely to give you a little more. You act like you don't need what they're giving you, don't be surprised if it gets cut. But if you'll act like you appreciate whatever your mama, your daddy does, anybody does for you, your boss does a little, gives you a little bonus instead of saying, well, I was expecting more than that. If you'll be very humble and be grateful, you never know, you might get a second bonus. But if you act the wrong way, you don't get that. So that's gratitude. These women survivors, though they were discouraged by some bitterness in their life that they thought the Lord had left at their table, they, they still, someone noticed, that they were still behaving very well, weren't they? I think that's big, big. Third lesson. I go too far. No, I didn't. Though discouraged by the Lord's bitterness from their perspective, suddenly something changed. Something changed. Desperation in their life, and they were desperate, changed into abundance. You ever been desperate? I know that some of you probably never been desperate. You never seen your light bill uh, where you couldn't pay it and your lights cut off. Or you've never seen when you was looking at the one you love and they were telling you they weren't going to make it. Maybe you've never seen that. But desperation can cause you to almost give up. But their desperation changed into abundance. Verse 17 and 18 of chapter 2. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out. So, so she worked all day. Listen, she started in the morning. She worked all the way till it gets dark. What is that about? That's close to 12 hours, isn't it? Take, we'll take an hour. We'll take two for lunch. It's still 10 hours, right? 10 hours of work. And wait, now, now it's gotten where it's about dark. And what does she do? And she beats out what she had gleaned. Well, you didn't want to carry all the stems, right? What good is that, right? So you beat it out and you get it down to the holes and the seed, right? They're not still, they haven't been winnowed, but you got the holes and the seed left. And it was about an epoch of barley. You know what that is? Take a jug of milk. You know what a jug of milk looks like? Take an empty jug of milk. Now take eight of them. That's how much she'd gotten that day. That's Picking up little bitty things like that. She filled up eight jugs of milk. And then it says in verse 18, Then she took it up and went in the city. And her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. Do you remember that food I told you she kept back? Her lunch she gave away. Now you got to understand, guess what she's going to eat tonight? Unless she's going to eat some of that grain. She ate some parts. Maybe they cooked some of that grain a little bit, but it's late now. You understand? It's dark 30. 
And there was desperation that changed into appreciation. Look at verses 19 through 20. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. Remember that notice thing I was talking about? Blessed. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name whom I worked today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord. Wait a second. This is the woman, remember, that's bitter. This is the woman that's bitter. Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living, listen to this, and the dead. Do you understand what she's referring to there? My husband's family that had no one left, all of his inheritance was going to go away because there was no descendant of Elimelech left. God's not just taking care of us. He's taking care of my husband's family. Does that sound like a bitter woman to you? And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. I love that. There's some appreciation there, wasn't it? And then there's desperation changed into awareness, a real awareness that maybe... God really hadn't abandoned them. Look at verses 21 through 23. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, to carry on the conversation, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. So he wanted to protect me. And he wanted to make sure I had plenty. Verse 22, and Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law. Now, I got to tell you, there was a different look in Naomi's eyes at this moment. And all of you women have seen it. I mean, it's, y'all know, you know, y'all who match folks up. All of a sudden, a little squint. In the eye. Yeah, okay. Just saying, that's what happened here. I don't, it's not in the text, but you know it's there. Okay. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. What's she talking about there? Let's keep you separated so there's no question that you've been a good girl here. You ain't going after other men. You ain't everywhere. And you're running around with the women. Verse 23. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and and the wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. These women survivors, though they were discouraged by what they perceived to be the bitterness of the Lord, still, all of a sudden, something changed. So look at what happened here. Though they were discouraged by what they perceived to be the Lord's bitterness, someone still tried. Don't give up. You feel like the Lord's turned his back on you and you may feel bitter about what's happened in your life. Don't stop trying. Don't stop trying to do what's right. And don't forget that when someone tried, 
something happened. Well, I just happened to be in Boaz's field. How did that happen? Well, it wouldn't have happened if someone didn't try. But someone tried, and suddenly something happened. And then someone just noticed that you were doing the right thing. So when you perceive that nobody notices what you do, let me tell you something. There ain't a person on the planet that ain't talked about about somebody. I'd rather be talked about somebody saying something nice and something ugly. But since I'm a preacher, I get a lot of the ugly. But that's okay. Okay? But most of you aren't in that field. And so when you do a good thing, you know what? Folks notice. They really do. And they noticed here. And when you do a good thing and it's being noticed, even by God, suddenly something changes. So that's the lesson really tonight. Naomi and Ruth are true survivors because they survived with all of this, with their faith still intact. And that's saying something. Because quite honestly... Just being a woman in the world is a tough place to be. Being a woman in this situation is a major difficulty. Bruce Goodrich was being initiated into the Cadet Corps at Texas A&M University. One night, Bruce was forced, this is like, I guess, initiation process. Uh, Bruce was forced to run until he dropped. So he did, he ran until he dropped. But he never got up. Bruce Goodrich died before he even entered college at Texas A&M. Shortly after the tragedy of his death, Bruce's father wrote a letter to the administration at Texas A&M, to the faculty, and to the student body, and to the Corps of Cadets. This is the letter. I would like to take this opportunity to express the appreciation of my family for the great outpouring of concern and sympathy from Texas A&M University and the college community over the loss of our son, Bruce. We were deeply touched by the tribute paid to him in the battalion. We were particularly pleased to note that his Christian witness did not go unnoticed during his brief time on campus. I hope it will be some comfort to know that we arbor no ill will in the matter. We know our God makes no mistakes. Bruce had an appointment with his Lord and is now secure in his celestial home. When the question is asked, why did this happen? Perhaps one answer will be, so that many will consider where they will spend eternity. Maybe we needed Job and we needed Esther and we needed Naomi and we needed Ruth to survive tragedies, to display their faith under bitter circumstances to us so that our faith would not falter when bitterness comes our way. Maybe not only do we need that, but maybe we need to endure and survive tragedies and bitterness 
so that we might display our faith to those who are younger than us who will follow in our steps. Because every church is made of older and younger. And maybe, just maybe, some of you older who are going through terrible things are pointing the way for the younger. And they may not remember it now. But later, maybe that will be what gets them through. And that their faith will not falter because of your faithful steps. John Moore wrote back in 1988, Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. And may the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And may the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us just find us faithful. So make the right choices. Robert Frost said, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And that's what I'm challenging you to do, to take the road less traveled by. Naomi and Ruth's road. Let's follow the light of those who survived tragedy. And still are a light to anyone who picks up this book. To be a light facing tragedy that you still didn't quit. To follow Christ without letting your heart faint. If you're here tonight and your heart has fainted and you've wandered away, we would love to pray with you, for you, do anything we can to support you and encourage you to get back on the trail. If you have never given your life to the Lord, we had a great example this morning of um, baptism. We're so thrilled for Marcus being able to baptize his little girl this morning. You could follow suit. It's an example. Won't you come while we stand and while we sing?